0: to evolvenetwork.tv for the full Evolve podcast experience. from which many things will flourish from. Cheers. We've been using Waters Co water filters for the last 10 years, and I wholeheartedly trust my family's health with them. Waters Co established 1977 have personal and domestic water filters which turns your ordinary tap water into great tasting alkaline ionized mineral water which removes up to 99.9% of fluoride, heavy metals, chemicals and bacteria so you can love your tap water again. The Bio 1000 is the latest addition of the BMP 1000 model and the culmination of over 40 years of experience and research into water filtration by some of the world's leading scientists. Watersco Co. was first to market with natural gravity-fed systems, creating alkaline water way back in 1984, and have continued to lead the market in research and development, setting the benchmark for all other brands to follow. Please go to my webpage at PeteEvans.com to learn more and to receive your special discount from my link on the products page. You're going to love it.
1: Charles, thank you for joining us once again, brother. How are yeah, you? Happy
2: to be here. How are you feeling? I'm feeling good. Yeah, feeling feeling good. Um, yeah. yeah.
1: You look. How good are you doing? too? <laughs> Thanks, mate. Fantastic. I had the most beautiful morning. I woke up and I had our times wrong, so it gave me an extra two hours to actually really just enjoy this beautiful morning that uh, that we have here where we live. And uh, I was graced. Or my wife and I, Nick, were graced by. A beautiful bird song of a magpie that sat with us and sung to mm. us for about an hour. And wow. I've been in the creek. I've been in the ice bath. I've had some beautiful harpe tobacco to get me lovely and present and um, beautiful cup of tea here. So, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm beaming at the moment. I'm, I'm feeling really good. Right. And uh, Nick sends her <laughs> love to you as well. She says, say g'day to brother Charles for us. <laughs> yeah. I love our conversations because you take us on a journey and give us a very different perspective in which we can consider our reality and the choices that we make. And last time we spoke was pretty much during the peak of uh, the COVID narrative, if we can use that as as a terminology for the last couple of years, which seemed to invade and (laughs) <laughs> and, and permeate all levels of um, the planet. And I wanted to reach out to you now and nearly have an update on your, your perspective of things and where you currently reside and sit with everything that's happening and uh, if your perceptions have changed or if it's given you a different outlook in the choices that you're making at this particular point in time. Yeah. Um,
2: okay, let's do that. Um, you know, during the pandemic, I mean, even to use the word "the pandemic" means a lot more than I mean. For what, people, don't even agree on what that is or what that word means. Uh, To me, it means um, a phenomenon of which SARS-CoV-2 and the disease are um, a small but significant part. Uh, But really, what was most prominent in my mind as a way of looking at what happened was a hysteria. uh, Now, there are many lenses that you can adopt to say, here's what it was. Uh, One of them and my favorite is hysteria, but I recognize that there are things that cannot be seen through the lens of hysteria and are better seen through the lens of disease epidemic or better seen through the lens of um, totalitarian plot to seize control of the world uh, or maybe other lenses as well. Um, In India, they saw it in some places as a religious phenomenon. The gods are angry. Uh, So there are many ways to see it. And and I'm, I'm not a fundamentalist in which I say, okay, here is the base reality, and we interpret everything else in terms of that one thing. That's part of the sickness of our time, the deeper sickness of our time, which is to to, uh, try to collapse complexity and, and the uniqueness of each being and each relationship into one general category. That's standardization. That's industry. That's um, in a way that's the ideology of science that says all of the difference and complexity and uniqueness of the universe is an illusion. It's all just a bunch of generic particles having different kinds of interactions and life itself is only, uh, it's reducible to these generic particles. So, okay, I'm getting, going pretty far out there to begin with, but just to say that that whole mindset is part of the problem. It is the mindset of control. It is the mindset of of scale, of standardization, and it ends up being the standardization and control of people as well as matter. So that's just kind of my preamble to say, I'm not gonna be another guy who says, okay, here is what it is, but I like to look at it in different ways. And to this day, um I still see hysteria as the most important and also most overlooked way of understanding what happened over the last three years. It Doesn't capture everything, but, you know, whether it's like the Orthodox people or the um, uh, other side, um, you know, because it doesn't say, "Okay, here's the bad guy." That's what people like. You want to be able to say, here was the bad guy. It's Gates, Fauci, et cetera, et cetera. Or here's the bad guy. It was a virus. And the anti-science uh, mask deniers and vaccine, the you know, anti-vaxxers, like those are the enemy. Everybody agrees that the problem was that there's some bad guy. Well, what if everybody's wrong in that agreement? And, and what if really the... The best explanation that explains not all, again, but a lot, is hysteria. And what is hysteria? What what is this thing that sweeps people up and has has them, I I want to say, believing absurdities about the world and believing the worst possible things about each other? But it's even more subtle than that because it's not that they really believe it deep down like during the Rwandan violence, it's not like that the Hutus actually believed the Tutsis were cockroaches and deserved to be exterminated. If you got one of them in a private moment and you took them away from the hysteria and you're like, come on, dude, here's a Tutsi right here. Like, like, yeah. But that um, lie to oneself becomes true because... This is what Orwell described as, as doublethink. We forget the act of self delusion that catapults us into hysteria, into a, into a social hysteria. We forget how we got there. And it becomes just so obviously true that for the good of society, we have to do horrible things to each other. And so I guess, like, you know, in my conversations about COVID to this day, sorry for being so long winded here, but I like to bring this element because we've got to look at it if we don't want it to happen again either around you know the next virus you know or whatever or some other thing that invites us to look for the enemy among us and turn on each other
1: yeah beautiful and and the next thing it's so funny i shared a few things this morning and it, it it's about ai and i see that has crept into the narrative so to speak in In a big way over the last week people are sharing their their photos of artificial intelligence art so to speak of themselves and and already there seems to be this splitting and this division from um many different camps and i find it also fascinating because again it's 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 this ai seems to be the 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 next ex- existential threat <laughs> the, the bad guy the bad it the bad thing that we need to combat against and yeah i don't know where i'm going with that but but i'm just picking picking the as you mm-hmm. said the next thing whether it's climate disaster or it's the world economic forum or it's these sort of external projections that we have to Face or we have to combat, and it's like, you know I've I've, I'''ve I've had a fascinating few years playing in this field of what is this bad guy? Do we need to be scared of it? Do we need to wake up other people to it? Is it our responsibility? And one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about today was the act of forgiveness and acceptance, and I know you may have a, a, a quite a unique perspective on that, or maybe not unique, and just a very, very profound truth on this, and whether forgiveness is the way forward, or do we need to forgive at all? Take us on the journey of forgiveness. Yeah.
2: So I think forgiveness is a part of a process uh, that cannot happen prematurely and still be authentic. It's not something that you can will yourself to do under most circumstances. There comes a moment where you have the choice of whether to forgive or not. Um, but that to come to that choice point, certain things have to happen. Uh, and primary of which is that uh, a couple of things. One is that you have to understand where somebody came from when they committed the act of injustice. You have to understand them somehow. You have to have some other explanation besides they're just horrible, because that's—I mean, really—what is forgiveness? It's—it's it's a coming into understanding with somebody. Oh, I understand why you did that. So, just to take, you know, a simple example, um, if say, you know, somebody robs you at gunpoint, you know, and hits you in the head or something like that, um, it's—and and that's all that happens it's a lot harder to forgive in compared to like, maybe um, you hear their backstory and they apologize to you and, and they're like, yeah, I'm really sorry. I did that. You know, I, I, um, my child was needed medical care. and I needed, I mean, like whatever the explanation is and you feel the sincerity of that, then you're much more likely to forgive. Um, Sorry about that. So, there's a process of truth becoming visible in order to, for forgiveness to happen. And apology is, you know, like we misunderstand apology in this culture as an act of submission. And forgiveness, true forgiveness is not a acceptance of somebody's submissive gesture that makes you now dominant. That, that's what people confuse forgiveness for. Um, Forgiveness is 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 actually a letting go of of that cycle of submission and dominance. That's true forgiveness. So true apology, then, is not an act of submission, but it is a revelation of what was true. And it is a a it's the other person actually displaying that they feel they recognize on a feeling level what they have done. And so when when what was done rises into consciousness, then it loses its its negative power. That, like, if it's never acknowledged, I mean, this is playing out today in our public discourse. Like, okay, you know, should we forgive uh, Pfizer and Anthony Fauci and... Um, Bill Gates and all of these actors, should we forgive them? Well, they don't, and the whole, you know, all of the institutions that they're part of, should we just forgive them? The health authorities, the pharmaceutical companies. Yeah, I'm happy to forgive them if I could be assured that it isn't going to happen again. But if they never... I really hope you enjoyed the
0: first half of this podcast. If you'd like to listen to the rest, please visit Evolvenetwork.tv. That's Evolvenetwork.tv. We'll see you there.
1: The information, views, and opinions expressed in this podcast should not be treated as a substitute for nutritional, medical, or other advice by a qualified professional. Guests in this podcast express their own opinions, experiences, and conclusions. Nothing in this podcast should be used to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any medical condition. Neither Pete Evans nor any sponsor endorse any views, opinions, or conclusions expressed or shared in this podcast.